Hello and welcome to the podcast, Are We Nearly There Yet? My name's Professor Andrew Sherry and I'm interested in people's journeys to discover who they are and what they're made to do. We can all learn something from other people's stories, so join me on another adventure. I can't you know, advise enough people or emphasise enough how important it is to pursue a career in something you enjoy as opposed to something that you're good at. Today I'm talking to Annalise Bedard, who joined the Nuclear Skills Strategy Group as Project Manager Degree Apprentice about 18 months ago. She's a member of the Nuclear Institute's Young Generation and lives in Culcheth near Warrington. Welcome, Annalise, and thank you for joining me. Hi, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, I'm uh, really happy to be here. Definitely. Thank you. Lovely. So, Annalise, let's let's talk for a few minutes about, about school and what you were like. You grew up in Culcheth and went to the high school there. What, what were yeah. you like? What did you enjoy at school? Oh, what was I like? Quiet. I'd like to probably start out with saying I was quite quiet. I kept myself to myself, which in a way uh, I think benefited me because it, it meant that I was very observant. People probably didn't pick up on that, but I was very observant. I loved engineering. If I could pick any subject to do all day, every day, it'd be engineering, product design, DT, that kind of thing. And yeah, what, what, was, it about, just, what was it about the engineering that, that you enjoyed, do you think? I loved being hands-on. The thought of sitting in front of a whiteboard or a screen for hours on end absolutely drained the life out of me so you know being practical having you know instruments in my hand was just fantastic for me um, and when I got the opportunity you know I, I just took it in my stride really because you did you did you did all um quite a few GCSEs which you did really well in and after GCSEs you went to Warrington UTC tell us tell us what you what choices you made there in terms of subjects and why I chose to do aeronautical engineering, which started out just as um, generic engineering. And then in the second year, we could specialise. So I chose aeronautical. And really, I think my interest in, you know, avionics, that kind of side of aerospace was because of my dad, in all honesty. Um, he was in the RAF for 22 years. So I was kind of exposed to that environment from a really, a really young age anyway. So when I saw the opportunity come up, I thought, why, why would I give that a miss, you know? And a lot of my friends were going to the usual colleges, not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I was kind of forced in a direction that I didn't want to take, you know, to Priestley, to Winstanley, the the colleges around here. And I just saw nothing on that agenda that suited my my choices, what I enjoyed to do, enjoyed doing. So I I picked UTC Warrington, even though it was new, I saw this option that I don't think many students usually get. And I just took it really. That's really interesting. It's quite a brave decision, that isn't it, to, to follow what interests you rather than following where all your friends are going. Was that a difficult one? It's funny that you say that, and I know you're probably not going to take advice from a twenty-year-old, but I can't, you know, advise enough people or emphasize enough how important it is to pursue a career in something you enjoy as opposed to something that you're good at. Because if you know, you look through my GCSEs, I got great grades in. English in religious education and my my best mark wasn't in engineering and you know I remember one thing from high school that kind of spurred me on to go into an engineering you know field or an industry that was heavily driven by engineering and it's my DT teacher and she was a lady actually so you know she said to me look your coursework is great and your product is amazing but 
because our marketing scheme says that your product needs to be something that can be duplicated or made you know in mass you're not going to get the a star but for me i wanted to create something that was recyclable sustainable something that was unique you know different and that's what i did and yes i didn't get an a star but i ended up making a product that i looked at and i thought you know what i've done that that's different to what everyone else has done and maybe it can't be mass produced or it can't be mass produced for, for cheap but i think that kind of drove me and it showed me that I can succeed in something that I enjoy rather than something that I'm good at. So, yeah. That's, it's really, it's really good what you say there about, you know, being proud of what you've done. And again, it yeah. sort of tells me that you've got, you know, almost like an inner compass for what you want to do and what you want to achieve, almost despite mm. the marking scheme, as you said, or what your friends were going to do. Yeah. You were quite clear of what was in your, what you enjoyed doing and what you wanted to put your energy into. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Really I think good. that's right. It's really mm -hmm. good. So um, during that time, you were on the, the sort of board of directors as one of the students in the uh, the UTC at Warrington. Tell us a little bit about that experience. Yeah, so at the age of probably 16 to 18, sitting alongside a group of grown-ups <laughs> at that time <laughs> was quite intimidating, but I think it's probably set me on the right path because it's taught me how to deal with an older, more mature individual so I like to think that I can have conversations with others that aren't necessarily on my level but I can pick it up quite well I did actually get the privilege of showing a, a royal around um, the UTC when it first opened which was great yeah and just make decisions alongside those who you know have a proper handle on what's going on especially as it was a, a new developing establishment there were decisions to be made. It's not like there were decisions that had been there for some time that were kind of in train and, you know, had foundations. There were decisions that needed to be made because there weren't, there wasn't anything in, in play or in place for that to happen. So yeah, it was interesting. Very interesting. It's good because it sort of develops your soft skills as well about how do you relate to other people who are different from yeah. yourself, whether they're older or, you know, and uh, thinking about things in a different way. Yeah. And also, I guess you were involved in some key decisions which looking back you know you had an influence in I'd like, I'd like to think so yeah um, and being the first year as well you know I did have soft skills that needed to be developed you know coming from a, a high school that was full of very very confident students you know there's probably about 2,000 of them everyone you know had to fend for themselves so obviously it's going to be a school full of confident driven students so I had to develop that that skill because I was quiet I think I did a full circle really <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So tell us, tell us what happened next. So when I left UTC Warrington, I carried on working part-time at Trespass in town. It wasn't something that made me loads of money, but it's something that I enjoyed working with customers. And then I decided to go and work in dentistry, which is a complete change of heart, really. Um, but again, now thinking back on it, it was hands-on, it was technical, and it's something that I'd been exposed to for a significant part of my life, having a lot of work done myself. So I thought, why not? I, I really respect what these guys do. Why not join them? And then a year in, I thought, I love it. But there's something deep down that just screams, you know, this is not me. So then I looked about for opportunities. And this place with the NSSG as a project management degree apprentice popped up. And I'd never really wanted to go to university. I'm not the type of person, like I said at the start, I can't sit in front of a screen or a whiteboard and be lectured. But this kind of 
I looked at it and thought, this is an opportunity that I can't miss. So if I apply and I don't get it, then I don't get it. And if I get it, then it's meant to be. So here we are. It's <laughs> really interesting. I can make, I can see the connection now between the engineering and, and the dental, being a dental nurse and so on, because yeah. as you say, it is actually hands-on and it is sort of engineering. It's just on a slightly different scale uh, exactly. with different materials, isn't it? You know, yes. in a strange sort of way. Exactly. What was it about it that, because you said, it's, you know, something inside you was screaming, that, you know, this isn't quite you. What, what do you think it was? Well, being a student at the UTC Warrington, we had, we had companies and organisations who sponsored students. So we'd have people from Cavendish, Amec Foster Wheeler, Nuvia, um, Sellafield, they'd come in and speak to students. And I think for, for my age or for someone in my position, I probably had more knowledge of nuclear than probably a lot of other students in other colleges just because we had that sponsorship and I I got to go and work at Sellafield for three weeks just on their their program that they did and that was that was a great experience so probably in the back of my mind subconsciously it was you know it was there already yeah I just don't think working with people full-time you know hands-on at all times was what I wanted and I like the thought of a change in environment whereas in dentistry you know you're in one place all the time which is great but it's just not me I, I get very restless in one place <laughs> so, yeah yeah I could I could understand that and um I mean for me also looking down at other people's mouths doesn't really fill me with great excitement or, or, or joy but you're right because having moved now to the NSSG uh, and doing this sort of project management apprenticeship looking at the experiences you've had they're sort of many and varied aren't they yes yeah definitely I just just to highlight one really that sticks in my mind I attended the YGN event in Bristol last year and that was within the first two months of me being in in place and I just sat there and listened to the speakers there were some really senior individuals speaking and then this year I actually got the chance to be a speaker myself so the difference a year makes is so you know, it's amazing to me anyway, especially for someone who, who did have terrible soft skills to start with, really. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you find standing up and speaking in front of an audience? Uh, well, luckily, it was via Zoom because COVID-19 has <laughs> taken the reins this year. So it wasn't as it wasn't as nerve wracking as I think it would have been if I was stood up in front of a load of people. But still, the thought of people watching you where, you know, there's no outtakes, there's no edits it's quite nerve wracking, but it's also thrilling because you're thinking I'm getting my, my word out there and people are appreciating what I'm saying. And I've had the opportunity given to me on a plate really. So why not, why not take this? And for that, I'm very, very appreciative. Definitely. Oh, that's really good. And one of the other things you've been involved with is, is called this sort of exciting the next generation thing. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Cause that's something that we're trying to do a little bit through these podcasts, you know? Yeah, okay. So the Exciting the Next Generation theme is essentially in project terms, a project within the programme that the NSSG are delivering. And it, it says it says it on the on the, the tin really, exciting the next generation to join the industry. So at the Skills Summit last year, just before lockdown, we all gathered as a big group to discuss the way forward for a lot of our themes or projects. And I, I was involved in the Exciting the Next Generation one with a couple of the theme leads, again, very senior people. So, you know, putting your ideas out there as a 20, well, 19-year-old at the time, 19-year-old apprentice, 
just feel so great when these people are so accepting and supportive of your choices and your decisions and what you're suggesting even if they probably heard it before they're there to kind of support that that progress and yeah we've got a lot of fun things coming up uh, I don't know if fun's the best word but at the minute there's a lot of things going on that it's not decided yet but it's definitely gonna gonna progress into something I think I mean it's so important for our sector to mm. um, you know excite the next generation and get people involved in facing into some of the challenges we you know we face as a sector yeah. and also bringing in a wider diversity of people from all sorts of backgrounds and, and all of that because yeah. and this is why I think the you know the perspective that people like you provide is so important because you know for many of us we've grown up in in the industry and we're sort of often you think well what could we do oh we did that 10 years ago we did that five years ago and so on but yeah. you're coming up with new ideas mm. which are looking forward you know and so it's so important that you, you have the opportunity, you know, to, to be involved in those discussions. Exactly. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, really. Um, in all honesty, I didn't really consider project management as an option. And thinking back on it, I think that was just because I wasn't exposed to project management. I was never informed about what that could entail as a career. And I think it's quite similar for some individuals who end up in the nuclear sector because some people aren't just aren't informed and it's not our fault. It's not their fault. I just also think that there are individuals who may be the older generation who are stuck in this mindset, a negative mindset around nuclear, and they pass that on through the generations. So, you know, children are so impressionable. If you're going to tell a child something negative, they're going to trust you. They're going to believe you because who else do they have to learn from? And if the education system doesn't intercept these ideas and notions, in time and this this mindset is going to be passed on to that child so it becomes gospel to them and if we don't as a younger generation manage to get one up on those people then we're going to be in this constant cycle and it's the same when you mentioned diversity you know of course I want to promote women in nuclear it's one of our biggest targets in the minute you know 40% women in nuclear but if those women are still of white heritage then I don't really see the importance in that target because we're still not meeting the wider target of BAME I think they're just as important and they go hand in hand so there is that wider lens that we need to we need to be exposed to really um there needs to be an equal focus in my opinion yeah I think you're you're absolutely right and, and your voice is so important in that sort of discussion and thinking about the practicalities of so what could we do you yeah. know to encourage you know all sorts of people into our sector with all of their ideas and personalities and skills and so on exactly so um you said you're sort of in the middle of your second year so I'm going to get you to look forward and then look back so tell us a little bit about your thoughts about your future oh um a broad question so in terms of my career I just want to be able to define my own success and that's only because recently I've acknowledged that the people of my time are so driven by money or at least the people I, I've come into contact with they're so influenced by money and they see this future that is swamped in you know valuables and cash whereas with me I just want to be able to be in a position to make my own decisions about what I want to do next so uh, a lot of project managers that I I know they've come in from engineering backgrounds or you know business backgrounds whereas for me I almost want to reverse that role and think well if I get my project management degree can I then go into engineering can I go and do an engineering degree I want to be flexible and I want that opportunity, but obviously that all depends on my, my progress, my success. But yeah, just being able to define that, that timeline for myself would be, you know, my, my goal. 
I think it's a, re a really good aspiration that it's almost sort of um, to have personal autonomy so that you're in, you've got the opportunity to take your career where you want it to go. Yeah. And that's a big driver for people. You know, it's not, sometimes it's money, as, as you say, mm. sometimes it's, you know, wanting to progress up the, you know, management chain or what, whatever it might be, but having that, yeah. being equipped to actually take control of your own future is a really, really good aspiration, you know? Yeah. I think so. That's great. And in fact, you've already proved that because you've already made big decisions, you know, to come out of being a dental nurse and that future that, that what that might have been and to start something new. So, mm. you know, you've proved that you can do it and I'm sure you'll do it again in the future, you know. I really hope so. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so looking back to perhaps when you were going from school into Warrington UTC, what would be your best bit of advice to your younger self, do you think? I think probably just take the opportunity you might not have thought you were going to be offered when it is offered or if it is offered. And I've carried that through my whole life from the age of 16 to now. It's only four years, but there are some major steps between 16 and 20. And if I hadn't have just took ownership of my own choices, then I wouldn't be here now. And even though you might be in a great position at some point, you know, I was dental nursing for a lot of people, that's that's an aspiration. But for me, that was something I was comfortable in and something that I, I didn't feel challenged in. So then when something that came up that was a challenge, you know, was offered to me, I thought, why don't I take this? And if it doesn't work out, then I learn from that and I revert back to what I know until there's something else that I can pick up on. Absolutely. Nothing's ever wasted, is it? You always no, learn from these experiences. Definitely not. And and when you're young, I think it's even easier to make those choices. <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> right. Fantastic. Annalise, thanks so much for chatting through your, your story so far. And we wish you all the best on, on the next steps you take on it. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. enjoyed this podcast to help others enjoy it too please subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and don't forget to rate and review thank you